Hello, everybody. We are Ken and Lisa Henderson. We'd like to welcome you to the Faith Works Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. We are going to be looking into the lives of ordinary people, and we'll be examining how faith in God is working in their lives and how it will work in yours. We are very excited to bring you testimonies, release prophetic words, and examine Scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow. Thanks again for joining our conversation. Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about taking our thoughts captive. We're going to be examining another practice to help us keep the faith. We're going to be talking about scriptures which give us instructions which concern our thought life. But before we get into those, let's just recap for a moment the last four weeks. We spoke about feeding your spirit on week number one. Number two, building up your faith by hearing the word. Number three is encouraging yourself in the Lord with the word. And the fourth practice was speak the word. Joshua 1 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. One of the key words in this verse is to meditate. And that means to think or to mull over and over. And I I believe, if I remember correctly, one of the definitions is kind of like a cow chewing its cud, where it just keeps regurgitating and chewing it and chewing it and chewing it, making it very digestible. So for those who were not raised on a farm, it means to mull over. So to mull over means that we think things over and over again, but we need to be very careful about what we think. In fact, the Bible has something to say about that in Proverbs 4.23. Lisa, you want to read that for us? It says in Proverbs, guard your heart for it determines the course of your life, which lines up with a saying, I believe it is, um, uh, change your thoughts, change the world or change your destiny, which goes with Proverbs. It says, guard your heart for it determines the course of your life. Yeah. So when Satan sets out to destroy you, he does so by planting wrong thoughts in your head and trying to get you to think and start moving towards those wrong thoughts. Jesus illustrated this when he said in Matthew 5, 27 and 28, the law of Moses said that you shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you, anyone who looks at a woman with lust in her eye has already committed adultery in his heart. So before you sin, you actually have to think about it. You have to move towards it. And Jesus said, what you think about is just as important as the act of sin itself. Evil thoughts aren't really yours until you allow them to move in and rearrange the furniture. It's very powerful what we allow to come into our head. And so people ask all the time, well, is having a thought a sin? It's not having the thought that's the sin. It's allowing the thought to come in and habitate there. You can't help a bird flying across your head or flying and uh, landing on your head, but you can help it building a nest there. So left unchecked to ramble through your mind, a thought can attach itself to an incident in your past or a proclivity in your present and feed on it until it's like a tumor growing inside you. So you cannot let it stay there. You can't let it rearrange the furniture and take up residence there. 
tumors left unchecked will grow and become cancerous in many instances. And so when you look at sin, actually what, what it, it compares itself at times to cancer. And so what we think on is really, really very, very, very important. Paul warns, it says, take every thought captive. Uh, when you see 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, you should take every thought captive. And it's something that we must have the power to do or he wouldn't have written about it. And Solomon also wrote, if you remember, guard your heart. We just mentioned that a minute ago, for it determines the course of your life or the path that you're on. So don't give wrong thoughts an inch or they will take a mile. You have to evict them or they will weaken your commitment to Christ and leave you in a place of total regret. Now, you brought up a a really good point. You said that Paul tells us to take every thought captive, indicating that we have the power to do so, as if he expects that we can. So that's an expected outcome that we should be able to. But also, what does this have to do with, with our faith? Realistically, whatever you think on is what you empower. And so if you're thinking on bad thought, it actually empowers fear and not faith in you. And fear is the antithesis of faith, therefore, or or the opposite of faith. Therefore, you can't entertain, you can't have fear and faith at the same time. Faith will replace fear and overcome fear every time, or fear will replace faith and overcome it. Every day it's important that we feed ourselves the Word of God so that faith grows. Remembering that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. Therefore, it it influences our thought. The Bible still says, as a man thinks, so is he. Therefore, we have to watch what we think. Generally speaking, when we clean house, we focus on what others can see and inspect. So imagine how much mental junk we collect because we think nobody sits in our heads examining our thoughts, but God does. So you know, we all the hidden thoughts we have in our head collecting dust and just stacked up there hidden that we go back to, we examine, we replay, we rehash, yeah. and we don't clean it out and we just let it stack. But if you study how the brain works... Uh, and Dr. Carolyn Leaf does an excellent teaching on this, and, and we've studied it uh, as we've taught inner healing, that negative thought patterns causes grooves in the brain that your brain will automatically travel down a negative path repetitively that you have to do something to break the negativity by replacing it, renewing the mind with positive thought so you have to retrain the brain. Well, going back to your analogy on the house, and you know, uh, when when you say people clean what they know other people can see, that's that's really important because almost everybody in America has a junk drawer, and sometimes a junk closet, or two or three of them in their home, and so they've got things that are tucked away that they don't want the general public to see, and they think that they're hidden. That may be okay in a home, but it's not okay in your brain. You can't tuck things away that you don't want other people to see and just think that it's all everything's good uh, just because it's compartmentalized somewhere but the reality is is you have to clean those spots out and do a good job so that you can continue to maintain faith as you walk through this world absolutely and of course we don't recommend ever doing anything like that when it comes to 
cleaning anything out without the presence of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, also a minute ago, you said that, you know, people do that as though nobody's looking inside their head, but you also uh, reminded people that God is looking. And and David said in Psalms 139, verse 1 said, uh, Lord, you know all about me. And so there, my, my father always said, there's an all-seeing eye that knows. And so the Holy Spirit is constantly watching you, and he sees everything, not only that you are doing, but what you're actually thinking. The Bible said that, that compared the Word of God to a two-edged sword that divided asunder between the intent and actual the deed of doing whatever it is that you're doing in life. So we need to be conscious that God is watching. And our prayer should be, my personal prayer, I pray this a lot, is let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, Psalms 1914. And the meditation, of not just the mouth, my mouth, not just the things I say, but what I meditate on. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So whatever I'm thinking in my heart, I am. So I want to be pleasing. I want to be acceptable in his sight. So I want that which I'm thinking on to be acceptable so that I can become and be all that I need to be and be pleasing to him. And of course, I know that I am the righteousness of Christ through the blood of Jesus. But I also want him to shine his light in my heart and to examine me. So just kind of stepping back a little bit and and having him examine us, having him um, shine that light, his holy light into our life. If we are going to have a clean thought life, we have to kind of step back a little bit. The only way to have our minds renewed and to break a negative thought pattern, because we're talking about taking our thoughts captive, but really there's no way to take your thought captive without first breaking down. And we're going to get into this a little more, but you can't really break a negative thought life without first breaking some negative teaching or some negative thoughts that you have, some strongholds right? We have to replace some lies that we've believed. And you mentioned this, that the enemy is so cunning that he starts by planting a lie in us. And he usually does it when we're a child. So we have to go back first before you can replace that negative teaching or that negative thought that you're having. You have to break the life. You have to do that first before you can change that pattern of thinking that you have. But we always recommend that you do that. Go and ask the Lord to show you the truth. And before you go to that closet, you mentioned that that area in your heart or in your brain that you've got all the clutter, take Jesus with you. Never go into a place like that without Jesus and have his his light shine in that area and say, Lord, shine your light in this area of my life. Show me, expose the areas that need to be cleaned up and always have him there present with you to shine his light in the darkness and show you the areas that need to be cleaned up. So all this leads to a question that we had. Is your thought life healthy or is it toxic? We have to take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. You will never be any better, wiser, or happier than the thoughts you allow to influence you. What you think is of ultra importance. You say, I can't help the way that I think that things just happen. That's not what the Bible says. Second Corinthians, we've talked about it a little bit, but Second Corinthians 10, 5 said that the weapons that we fight with have divine power to demolish strongholds, and we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. And so it's important that we start taking things captive and understand that we can, according to Paul, 
control our thought life, even to the point of bringing down strongholds. So let's talk about strongholds for a minute because you do a really good teaching. Uh, We have an inner healing class at our church and it deals with strongholds. So you want to tell us a little bit about strongholds? A stronghold is a thought pattern that controls you. It's a belief system and it's usually built around a lie that is erected in our life, a pattern of beliefs that is built in our life that controls you. I think that some of the translation actually uses fortress. It is. It is a fortress and that's an excellent visual of what a stronghold is. And it can be fear, it can be greed, inferiority, lust, etc. And it can be established in our life from a really young age. And we call it a stronghold because it holds you strongly in its grip. One of the things that I want to point out is a, a fortress, when you see that, is built to keep certain things out, but it also keeps certain things in. So that which is meant to protect you sometimes can become a prison to yourself. Absolutely. We'll go deeper into this later, and um, we'll try to give you some warning, hopefully advanced warning when we're going to do it, because you'll definitely want to be listening to that podcast, and you'll probably want to have some friends listening because it's just really a very powerful teaching. But this is actually going to help you in your faith because if you can get a hold of this and you can get free from some of the strongholds and the wrong belief systems based in fear, then as Ken said earlier, you can replace the fear with faith. If you can replace the fear of or the lie of, you know, God doesn't love me like he does Heidi Baker or God won't answer my prayer like he does. Bill Johnson, or whatever the lie is that the enemy has told you, then you can break that and replace that with the truth of God, that that God does love you. You are the righteousness of Christ. So how do we break the grip of a stronghold or or a bad thought? Well, first we have to expose that that's a lie. Anything that does not line up with the Word of God is what? It's a lie. So we have to expose that there's a lie there. That's the first first thing you have to do. Then you have to replace the lie with the truth. Now, this just goes back to our earlier teaching. We have to replace it with truth. What does the Word of God say? Well, then that goes back to our other earlier teaching. We have to know the truth. The truth is what makes us free. Makes us free from what? Makes us free from the stronghold. So how do we break that grip with the Word of God? Again, the Word of God. I think we're going somewhere with this. The Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. Right. When, and, and the Word being Jesus, who was made flesh and dwelt among us, which is really important because when you get over into Ephesians where it talks about the whole armor of God, everything that is listed comes back to Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very amazed at that. So, for example, when fear and inadequacy comes along and tells you you're not good enough to succeed or to be proactive and say to you negative things, what do you say to that? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow. See, the Word of God has an answer for everything that we're going through and everything that we do, even as far as how to take our thoughts captive and bring us back. Not just taking the thought captive, but now replacing that negative thought with truth. So we captured the lie or fear and inadequacy and immediately replaced it with the truth of God's Word. Fear and inadequacy we replaced with, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let me ask you a question. If that is the case... 
does the truth always feel good? No, it doesn't always feel good. And, and there's not always, it doesn't always, it's not always accompanied with a warm, gushy feeling. It's not always accompanied with, you know, tingles and, and a rush of, oh, oh my goodness. But I stand on that truth no matter what it feels like. And, and I keep speaking that truth no matter what my feelings are telling me. We, we talked about this earlier that, you know, truth outweighs fact. It outweighs feelings. It outweighs everything. I heard Jensen Franklin say, if your immediate goal is to feel good, you'll never develop self-control. Oh, wow. That's good. That's a powerful, powerful statement. Hebrews twelve eleven in the Amplified said, for the time being, no discipline brings joy, but afterwards it yields peaceable fruit of righteousness. And those who have been trained by it there's going to be peace, there's going to be joy, there's going to be something down the road. But discipline in the initial is not always good. I think about that because uh, as uh, trying to get in shape and, and running and, and, and building up stamina and those things in my own personal life, it's not always fun. It's not always comfortable. It's not always feeling good uh, while you're going through the process. But when you weigh out the difference in the past, in which I've been doing this for the last four months or so, uh, Lisa and my son's been doing this for a long time, but but for me it's only been about four months, and I consider how I feel now by comparison to what I did back then, and it's amazing how I feel. Um, but I didn't feel that way going into it. I didn't feel that way sometimes when I get up to run. It's very difficult. But discipline doesn't always bring immediate joy, but it brings long-lasting joy and long-lasting results. And note, note the words in, in Hebrews where it says they're trained by. You must be trained in, in your mind to go the right way. Otherwise, it'll take you the wrong way. Absolutely. People don't think about training their mind. And this is where we see a lot of people struggling in their Christian walk. They struggle with their faith. They struggle with, with maintaining their faith. And we're talking about keeping the faith. They struggle with their walk with the Lord. We see Christians who have served God for 30 and 40 years that are struggling with immaturity. So um, do you believe that we have a choice? I think they absolutely have a choice. And a lot of it comes back to disciplining themselves and training themselves and training their mind. You cannot let your mind, this is going to go willy-nilly. I don't know if the, the listeners understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you cannot let your mind just ramble. People let their mind just go anywhere. They let their eyes just watch anything and their ears just listen to anything. And I, listen, guys, please understand, we are like the least religious, legalistic people probably that you'll meet. Um, and I understand grace probably more than most people do having come through what we've come through as a family. And I know the blood of Jesus covers so much, so we understand that. But I do understand the dangers of how it can affect your maturity and what you take in will affect what comes out of you. Um, you cannot just listen to anything or watch anything and think it won't affect you, your Christian walk, your faith. I think um, God gives us choices. And, you know, the Bible says in Deuteronomy thirty nineteen, God says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose. 
And he says, choose life. So God gives us choices, but he doesn't make them for us. For that, you got to do it yourself. Absolutely. In order to walk in God's blessings, you say you have to choose the right thoughts each day. It is a choice. And sometimes it's exhausting. And I can remember we were pastoring and this one lady was really struggling. And she was like, you know, I was counseling her and I said, you have to take your thoughts captive. And she said, I've been doing that. She said, I take them captive and then they come back and I'm taking them captive and they come back and I'm taking them captive and they come back. And she said, what do I do? I said, you keep doing that. She said, it's exhausting. I said, I know it is exhausting, but you keep doing that and you'll get better at it. You know, Paul keeps, he talks about discipline over and over again. And he, he relates the, the Christian walk to athletics um, throughout the New Testament and discipline. And why? Because it is discipline, even in the mind. It is disciplining your thoughts to not just go here and there. Uh, I read uh, a story one time about a woman, and she was she was a, she was a Christian author. And she said she noticed one time she was walking downtown with her husband, and she said she noticed that every time a, a beautiful woman walked by, suddenly her husband would turn and look up at the skyscrapers and just sudden found sudden interest in the buildings. And she said it was like this pattern with him. Beautiful woman would come by, and he would find interest in the building. And finally, she asked him about it, and and he began to tell her that he had trained himself that when a beautiful woman came by to look a different direction, and it became a habit with him that he did this out of honor for his wife, and it was now a habit. He had trained himself to look another way. And I thought that was amazing. It had taken some time, but it now was a habit that he trained himself to do. Right. And you've got to go through the training period. The mind, the spirit, and the body are interconnected, and your thoughts affect your words. Your words affect your health, your prosperity, your joy, your peace, and every other area of your life. So you've got to go through training so that you learn how to think. So it's worth it. It's worth it to take the time to perfect this. Science has told us that we are uh, interconnected between our thoughts. There's a connection between our thoughts and our overall success in life. Thoughts are real things, and they occupy real estate in your brain. Dr. Carolyn Leaf said that thoughts are real things that occupy real estate within your brain. So if it's going to take up space in your brain, it needs to be important, and it needs to be right thinking based on the Word of God. Everything begins with a thought, and if you can capture it as a thought, every affair began with a thought. It began with, oh, she looks nice, or oh, he looks nice. Doesn't he or she smell nice today? It began with standing too long down by the water cooler. It began with, oh, he it, noticing he noticed that I look pretty today, or she noticed that I got a haircut, or, or whatever. And, it, you know, it just began with a thought, and it needs to be nipped in the bud immediately. Right. So we need to bring all thoughts into captivity. That's right. And, you know, our brain is actually designed to do that. And if you'll start doing that on a more frequent basis, your brain will actually start doing it. It'll be automatic. It won't be something you have to think about by diverting your eyes, for example, for men, and just looking in a different direction. It will head off all kinds of uh, problems in your future. 
Absolutely. Same thing with gossip or negativity. When you start having a negative thought or a critical thought about somebody, if you automatically, when you have a negative thought about somebody and you're, you jump to wanting to criticize them, if you replace that and think of something positive about them and even speak that positive thought out loud, you make a habit of instead of correcting or criticizing them, speaking something positive about them out loud, it's pretty soon you will automatically, your brain will automatically start being a blessing about that person, start being positive about that person. Moving this into a spiritual context, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And I know that we've we've talked about that a moment or, or two already, but I, I just want you to see this is a spiritual battle. And it's not just thinking, if you will. This is really something that you're going to have to focus on because you, if you're not focused on what you're thinking about and you don't take your thoughts captive, you're going to be in trouble. And I've said this many, many times. You need to take your thoughts captive or they will take you prisoner. And you'll be a prisoner of war, the warfare that is in your head. Bill Johnson did a message on the war that's in your head and, and is a very, very powerful message. You just can't let things wander around through your mind just any old way that they want to. It will cause you to be defeated. And I think what we're really wanting to talk about as much as anything is don't let your mind wander to things like, hey, you're not going to get healed. You're going to die and start thinking that direction because what you think is so powerful, it can affect your health or you'll never get a promotion. You can't think that way. You have to think, I am favored of the most high and and I walk with favor with God and with man. So we have to take these thoughts captive. You have to resist them. You have to answer them. You have to actually speak back to them and never let your thoughts go unanswered. Instead saying, I'm taking this thought captive right now, and I refuse to believe the lie of the enemy. And you can become a master at thought domination by meditating on the Word of God. So to meditate means you don't just hear it, right? Right. You focus on it, contemplate it, give it serious attention. So that's how you enlarge your capacity for faith. And that's why the most spiritual people you'll ever meet are those who spend time meditating on the Word of God. I know people who, they say they, they, they get up that morning and they take a scripture and they just meditate on that scripture. Then there's people who read, you know, like David Hogan, he may read, what, 50 chapters in the Bible that day. But... There's those who will take a scripture and they just meditate on that scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures, and I've often heard different pastors close services with this scripture. And and we're going to move on to another segment in just a minute. But I, I remember Lorraine Livingston, who's out of uh, North Carolina, almost always closes with this scripture in Psalms 19:14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. We want you to think about what you're thinking. Be careful to let thoughts run rampant in your head, but speak the word of truth to them. And we never like to close our podcast without allowing time for a word of knowledge or a word of prophecy. And and so, Sister Lisa, I was wanting to let you have an opportunity to speak to people. But before you do, this morning when we were preparing for this, I felt like 
somebody might feel a little despondent and down. And, and this is normally the area that my wife speaks into, but today I just, I, I just want to share with you. I felt like somebody was feeling like they were in a no-win situation at work, that they would not be promoted. And they had been passed over many, many times. And I don't know who it is. I, I'm not as, as, as specific in prophecy as my wife is, but I did feel like telling somebody, whoever might be listening, that God knows exactly where you're at. And I want to remind you of the scripture that said that God orders the steps of the righteous. And you may not feel like, and you may even feel like that you've made a mistake on a decision or something to that effect, and it could be influencing things. But God actually protects us. I remember hearing Jesse Duplantis, when he was looking for a building once upon a time, he said that God told him, he said, Jesse, I haven't hidden the building from you. I've hidden the building for you. Sometimes when things look obvious and it looks like that this is a direction that we should move in, into and what we would think would be a promotion may be a promotion but it might be very short-lived and so God may be protecting you and he has something let me just say this uh, don't forget Jeremiah 29 11 where he said that he knows the future and he has a plan for your future to give you hope and a good future so Lisa, do you have anything Amen. today? Amen. No, I just bear witness to that in, in my spirit. And actually, before you said um, Jesse to Planus, I was getting the name Jesse. So, um, and I don't know if I was just picking that up um, because you were going to say that or if that is for somebody named Jesse. But Jesse, if you're listening, pay attention. So, or if you know somebody named Jesse, share that with them. And we don't know really where all this is going. We have people contacting us on Facebook that they're sharing it with loved ones as they hear it. Hey, you got to hear this. I think this was for you, even last week's podcast. So we thank you for that. But Lord, we just thank you right now for this going out and for whoever that word was for this morning for those that were feeling despondent. Lord, we just ask that you touch those who have been battling in their mind. We know that the the battlefield is in the mind. As Joyce Meyer says, that the enemy attacks all of us in our minds so very much. So right now, as we agree in prayer for with all those that are listening right now to this podcast, we just tell the enemy to be still and be silent right now. For those who have been battling in their mind, we speak to a spirit of confusion right now. For those who've been struggling and, and having doubts and that can't have clear thoughts. I speak right now to to a spirit of confusion right now. I speak to mind-binding spirits. For someone who's been battling a a lot of confusion right now, someone who's been going through confusion and can't have a clear thought and they feel feel like they can't make good decisions right now and and just really struggling. And and I I speak to those mind-binding spirits that's been operating and I speak peace right now over that person and I say that they can have a clear thought and we tell the enemy to be still and to be silent. We release peace right now in the name of Jesus. And we just tell the enemy to be still. And Lord, we just thank you that peace will settle and joy will settle. And we just ask that you just to that you just cover them right now with your love and with your joy. And Father, we just ask that you help us right now to just focus on you. That Lord, whatever we focus on, God, that becomes our strength. That as we focus on you, we meditate on you. That becomes our strength, Lord that we can strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Help us to meditate on your word. Your word is strength, God. Your word is life, God. Lord, we just thank you right now. Lord, we just thank you. Father, I just thank you that even in the spirit right now, I see it like a tumor, God. I see a, a like a, a knot that's in somebody's left side, Father, shrinking. 
Lord, we just thank you right now for that taking place, Lord, like a in the left side, like a tumor or a knot shrinking, Father. We just thank you for healing virtue flowing. Lord, we just thank you that that by your stripes we were healed. And Lord, we just silence the whisper of the enemy that would tell people that they cannot be healed, that your word tells us that we can be healed, that that Jesus bore stripes on his body, that he paid a high price for our healing, that you sent your word according to Psalms and healed us. And we thank you for that. We thank you that your word heals us, that Jesus paid for the price for healing. Lord, we thank you that you set us free that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at kenandlisahenderson.com for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa L-E-S-A, and at Ken Henderson. See you next week.